This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm David and I'm joined tonight by Andrew. What's going on everybody? And Ro from the Scarif Podcast. What's up, Scuttle Buddies? Got a special guest star here tonight. It's always a joy when Ro's on the show. And tonight we're going to talk about a whole bunch of Marvel stuff. Uh, there's a big Disney Plus Day news drop full of stuff. I On our last episode, we speculated that it was mostly going to be Star Wars stuff and not a lot of Marvel stuff, but we were very wrong. We were very wrong. Very, we were, very it was wrong. the exact opposite of that. Uh, there was a little bit of Star Wars news, but we do another show called Coruscant Radio Underground, which hopefully we'll be able to do an episode of that where we talk about some of the Star Wars stuff that came out. Uh, and then also there was one non-Marvel uh, piece of news, and that was the TV teaser for the new Halo uh, show coming out. Um, It was just a little teaser. Nothing big to talk about there, but I know that Andrew is probably the biggest Halo fan on the planet, so I really (laughs) wanted to throw that in the notes tonight. Yeah, for sure. Andrew, what do you think about the Halo teaser? Um, I mean, there's not much to say about it except that it looks right. You know, it (laughs) it looks like Master Chief. You know, it's... Um, which, yeah, that's a big deal. You know, if you, you can screw up costumes and screw the whole thing up, but it looks, it looks right. It, it kind of, the costume looks weighty like the armor should. Um, yeah. so I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm really excited about the project. I mean, um, nobody really, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are other directors out there or, or I'm not sure who's directing. I know it's a Spielberg project. Um, and yeah, there are other directors and producers out there that do sci-fi real well, but I mean, you know, video game stuff has had such a rough go of being brought to life on TV or the big screen. And I have, you know, it's he's one of those guys that it's like, man, if Spielberg can't do it, then who can? Yeah. Is he is he what is he doing? Executive producing? Let me see. Um He's supposedly been pretty hands-on with it, but I don't remember what his role is. I know he's a producer. Okay. Um, we talked about this. Who's directing? I have, I have no clue. I mean, I'm a Otto Otto Botwurst. <laughs> we will have to. Uh, I'll have to edit some yeah, stuff Yeah, directed, here. uh, ex- executive producer, Steven Spielberg, directed by Otto Botwurst. Okay. John, oh, Jonathan Lieb. That name wasn't a joke? No. <laughs> You're being serious? Totally serious. I got, uh, Wikipedia up here. Yeah. The Halo TV series. It looks series. like it's got quite a few directors on board to do episodes, but I have, there were early rumors that Spielberg has been really, really hands-on with this project mm-hmm. and is just a fan of 
the the franchise. So hopefully hopefully it'll have a, a good heavy stamp of Spielberg's mm-hmm. fingerprints on it. And and I'm okay with Spielberg kind of being the guy running it and other people directing it. I I, I think that that's really at this point in time, I think that's what Spielberg's really best at is guiding other directors through the process because mm-hmm. uh, he's he's done some directing lately but there's been some hiccups along the way when he's been the the main director but you know as far as this type of movie you know there's not a lot of guys with more experience with this kind of franchise than yeah. steven spielberg i'm trying to see uh the director's background he has worked on peaky blinders and uh, yeah, he has won several BAFTA awards in the uh, BBC. So yeah, he's got a good pedigree. Nice, Ro. Are you a, a Halo fan? No, I've never played the game. I know of the character because my you know there's a couple of friends of mine that really are into it. Xbox people. I just never owned an Xbox. I'm a PlayStation kind of guy. So I don't I don't know what Halo is really. <laughs> oh, you're in a room with two with two uh, Xbox loyalists. Nice uh, over here, uh, Andrew. Have you played the new Halo multiplayer yet? I haven't. That's my plan for either tonight or tomorrow night. I'm gonna get that loaded up and give it a give it a shot. Nice. If you guys hear my roommate screaming in the background, it's because they're playing the Halo <laughs> multiplayer. That's funny. Well, I've been uh, trying real hard for the last week to get my hands on an Xbox Series X. But yeah, when they do show up somewhere, like uh, Best Buy had some show up this morning online, and they were going in like thirty minutes. <laughs> Holy Jesus! So uh, it's, yeah, it, it's available for like the Xbox One, but um, I have a, a day one Xbox One, so I think it might explode if I try to play the <laughs> Halo Infinite. Well, that's what I that's what I've got as well. So we'll see how it goes. I don't have a lot of hope in it running super well on. On the original Xbox One, but I'm going to try it anyway. Uh, and one day awesome. I will get my hands on one of those new Xboxes, but I'm not about to pay scalper prices. No, no, I've given up hope. I did have a scare with my Xbox, though. It, I got done with work last week, or I guess a couple of weeks ago now, went in, turned it on, nothing happened. Oh, no. And uh, after some, some tinkering with it, I finally decided the, the power source, the brick, had died. Yeah. And so I ended up able to fix the whole thing for $25, and I'll settle for that for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've given up on the new consoles, but that is a story for another time. Uh, for now, we'll jump into some of the other teasers that we got from Disney Plus Day. Uh, we got... One, two, three. We got five new shows announced, but before that, we had three teasers for the next three shows coming to Disney Plus: Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She Hulk. Um, they were just. I, don't think, like- I didn't see the. Uh, I didn't see the Miss Marvel one. I saw the other two. But it's funny uh, you mentioned uh, earlier. You mentioned that we all thought that we were going to get a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff and not a lot of Marvel stuff, and it's it was the exact opposite. I'm tired yeah. of these studios subverting our expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Marisha and I had a chance to sit down earlier this week and re- record a course on Radio Underground that'll go out tomorrow, where we kind of got into that a little bit. And I just okay, good. 
I don't understand what's happening at Lucasfilm. Yeah. To it's say just the least. a runaway train and nobody's got, nobody has control. It doesn't seem it just, Either what I said two years ago is true and they have absolutely no idea what they actually want to do or something is really wrong over there. Well, it seems like it's both. I mean, you know, the Under the Bucket documentary was cool and all, but, I mean, if that was basically the bulk of Star Wars stuff and then they released the one-minute Kenobi thing, which was, what, uh, almost a year old. Right. And it was leaked um, the day before. It's it's almost like Lucasfilm was like, hey, guys, we've got this event coming. Um, Can we put some, can we release some stuff? And they're like, oh, what do we got? (laughs) Yeah. Um, right, and they, but, I mean, they know, didn't I, even save the Boba Fett trailer for Disney Plus Day. Right, and I thought that they, I thought surely they went ahead and dropped that trailer because they've got so much they want to show us on Disney Plus Day. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's sort of concerning. I, I mean, it's like it's like I said, and I, and I talked about this on Coruscant Radio Underground. Like, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to call for someone's job or, you know, those kinds of things. And, and, you know, it's hard to know what's really happening. And, and the new, the new Bob over at Disney seems to have different ideas about how things ought to run. And that might be leading to some problems. Um, I know he's leading a push, supposedly leading a push, uh, to put mature, uh, more mature R rated content on Disney plus, and he's butting heads with Bob Iger, who's still on the board over that. So, you know, it, it's it's like without knowing who, it's hard to know who exactly to blame, but something's wrong. Yeah, and you know, as uh, regular Joe Schmoes, I always say that you know we can speculate and make YouTube videos till we're blue in the face, but we're never really going to know for sure. Um, you know, especially now that, uh, we got Kathleen Kennedy on board for another three years, her contract was extended. Um, yeah. and I know a lot of, you people know, are I, I don't know if that, that sends but... like weird messages, Yeah, uh, but uh, again, it's, you know, we're not in the know. Right. And you know, the Kathleen Kennedy thing, I've said this for, for so, since really, I guess since the last Jedi, when people started calling for her job. They're never going to fire her. She's when she's ready to go, she'll go. But I can't see a situation where they fire her. Now, right. whether they may they may bring in some other people, and she may just kind of be a figurehead at some point. But yeah. I don't her see move, them move to the I don't, background. Yeah, I don't see them firing her. No, you know whatever you think about her. I mean, that's a she's the second. Second or third biggest produ- biggest earning producer of all time, like yeah, and power powerful figure too. Yeah, I mean, so I just don't see them ever actually firing her. Mm-hmm. I agree, but well, you know who knows what we'll get in the future. You know, obviously, uh, I was um, discussing some things on Twitter earlier today with somebody regarding the future of star Wars. And it just kind of seems like, you know, they got the handle, uh, uh, they got the television, the small, uh, screen handle on star Wars, but it's just, you know, where do you go after rise of Skywalker? Yeah. And I think, you know, they're trying to figure things out, which is fine. 
Um, it does seem like they're concentrating a lot more on the small screen with uh, the streaming shows. And I think it's, you know, from a business standpoint, I think that's a good thing because that's, it seems like that is what is, you know, generating the revenue and, and right. the, uh, and the, the good, the, the, you know, the happy thoughts that fans are getting, you know, yeah. it's for the most part, Boba, you know, Mandalorian is universally loved. Right. Um, who well, doesn't love Grogu? And that's the thing. And I can't remember her name, but I think people do forget sometimes that they did bring on a separate creative head for the TV side of things a couple of years ago. It was one of J.J. Uh, Abrams' people. Jennifer Rejwan? Yes. And I can't remember. I'm not sure if that's her first name. Rejwan is her, Rejwan second is, name, or her yeah. last name. And, you know, and it, of course, you know, John Favreau knows how to run a set. And it just seems to be mostly a well-oiled machine. I mean, there seem to be some hiccups with getting things out, and I'm not sure what's causing the delays, but that yeah. could be... Mich Michelle Rejwan is her first Michelle, name. that's right. It could be any number of things that are leading to those delays. Uh, you know, and it's hard to point a finger at Marvel because it seems like everybody's having delays right now. I mean, it's hard to point a finger at just Lucasfilm. When when Marvel, right. which is the biggest well-oiled machine on the planet, has also announced a couple of delays. So, Yeah. Uh, for example, Miss Marvel, one of the announcements is that that has been pushed back to late 2022. Pretty much everything got pushed back a slot. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how they do things. They have set dates that things are going to come out, and they move around what's coming out on that date. Um Mm -hmm. a lot so everything did get pushed back a little bit but still there's still gonna be a ton of stuff coming out next year i'm almost a little i'm not gonna say burnt out on marvel but i'll say overwhelmed uh i haven't even gotten to see eternals yet and and spider-man's coming out in a month and also there's hawkeye in like a week yeah. and it's like holy crap when do i have time to watch all this stuff and <laughs> we already got shang chi and we got uh black widow earlier it's just so much marvel stuff but yeah uh Ro, you said you didn't see the miss marvel teaser right i did not know that's okay it was just a little 30 second thing uh it was cute um andrew did you get to see the miss marvel teaser i did um and we're talking about a character i mean you know a lot more about this character than i do um i'm not that familiar with the character um i can already I'll tell you it, from it, the trailer that my kids are gonna love it yeah, it looks really faithful. Just from like the 30 seconds that we got, it looks like it is perfectly capturing the spirit of what Miss Marvel is, where she is this um, young Middle Eastern girl in New York, and she is just a big freaking fan of superheroes, specifically Captain Marvel. Uh, in the teaser uh, row, we saw that she like kind of made like a little Captain Marvel cosplay that looked really fun. And um, she's kind of testing out her powers, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the Spider-Man movie we never got uh, in the MCU. Uh, it's kind of what it looks like to me, but it looks fun. It, it looks good. It looks like what I want it to look like as as a big fan of this character. I did want to ask you, since you're a big fan of the character, what you thought about them tweaking her power set, um, making her a little more energy based rather than yeah, uh, more like. I guess, Mr. Fantastic. Right. I'm okay with it as long as we still also get the fun uh, 
body morphing stuff that she can do where she can yeah. like, kind of stretch her body. Yeah, it kind of looks like as they're doing as, that, but more with like an energy based instead of just stretching. Yeah, as long as we get plenty of, of that, because uh, I think it's one of the most fun things. And you can, because we haven't gotten a Mr. Fantastic yet, it'll be fun to see that yeah. uh, in the MCU. Um, right. I didn't it, mind them moving it's away not from offensive it. To me. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't. I didn't mind them moving away from it, but I don't know the character very well. I know a lot of people were upset about it, but I know they've got this movie, The Marvels, that they're yeah. working on with, um, with uh, Monica Rambeau and yeah. Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, and with the other two being energy based, and her kind yeah. of being supposed to be in that same family of superheroes, it seemed to me to make sense to make her powers a little more energy based. It, it does make sense, and also because she she is an inhuman, and mm. after that absolute atrocious uh, inhuman show, they're kind oh, of yeah. moving away from the inhuman stuff. I yeah. think. I think and they really wanted so, to do inhumans until they got X Men back. And now I think they've, yeah. between that show and the fact they have X-Men, I think they're just totally moving away from Inhumans. I, I agree. Um, especially since they just have completely ignored Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Uh, yeah. I think and they're I, moving away from all the Inhuman stuff. And Miss Marvel is probably the most famous Inhuman except for like Black Bolt. So I could see them just completely taking away the fact that she is Inhuman and making it that it's an energy-based thing, which there are bigger fans of the character than me who will probably be upset about that, and I understand if you are upset about it, but it's not like she's a part of the Inhuman royal family. She really has nothing to do with the Inhumans, except that that is just where her powers came from. Right. It doesn't actually really define anything about the character like if you made if you took wolverine and you said he wasn't a mutant anymore that would piss me off that that would be right. a really bad move he is one like a big part of his character is he is a mutant who was experimented on as part of the x-men miss marvel is just kind of she's inhuman but like that's just an excuse for her to have powers and it doesn't really matter you can make her a mutant you could make her energy based you can make it she was bitten by a radioactive stretchy person it doesn't matter <laughs> she's still the same character well that was my next question uh do you think do you think that she will be an inhuman in this show or do you think they're going to alter that no i think she won't be an inhuman but then if they decide to do inhumans later they'll retcon that she was do you think well and that was the second part of that question is if she's not an inhuman what is the possibility of Miss Marvel being our first mutant? See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I think it might be possible, but um, if you do that, then I could. Then it's like, well, just make her inhuman. Like, that's just a kind of a lateral move. Yeah. Only because you like X Men more than Inhumans, and I think right. that would. I just didn't I, I know if they might use it as sort of a soft launch of introducing the concept into the MCU. I really has, hope not. Has the MCU used the word mutant or are we still on the meta human? No, we haven't used the word mutant yet. Um, it was enhanced. It's the we, word. Yeah. That used we've used meta. We've here. used enhanced. We've that used... was what they originally, I remember when they, when they introduced Quicksilver and Scarlet, Witch, they called them the enhanced, but now in WandaVision, it was retconned in that, no, this power was always inside of Wanda. It was always there. Yeah. Uh, and that it was awakened. So I feel like 
that is them kind of retconning. Oh, I think they absolutely 100% made her a mutant in that moment. And and I think the same thing could happen to Miss Marvel in a few years where they retconned that actually, no, she wasn't inhuman. Yeah. Uh, but uh, moving on from Miss Marvel, unless you have anything else, no. I just saw I just saw the trailer. I just pulled it up on my other screen here. Um, yeah, it looks it looks fun. I'm not too familiar with her character, but it looks you know fun. It's almost like a you know young for you know a young series for for teens or something. If I'm yeah. looking at the right thing, yeah, yeah uh, that's that's pretty much what I think it's going to be. Well, but and I, I, I'm a I think the comic, even though I'm not familiar with it, I'm kind of familiar with the reception it's had. And it seems to be how you introduce, it seems to be generally accepted as the right way to introduce diverse characters. Oh, 100%. She is by far the most successful diverse character. Cause th- th- it came out at a time where they introduced people like Riri Williams, the, the iron heart. Yeah. And, um, we did Lady Thor, and we did all that. Lady yeah. Thor, and, and so they did a lot, but then they had a couple of new characters like that. She was by far the most successful, I think. Uh, she It was a, just a very well-written book that happened to be about this girl. I think she's from Pakistan. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. And it just it was just a re- really well-written story about that, and it, it, she's by far the most successful. Um, it, it is exactly the template for introducing diverse characters, which is just introduce a really interesting character um, and make a well-written story, which and it happens to involve these other aspects. Um, yeah, she she is one. You're one hundred percent on the money when you say she's like the prime example of how to introduce new young characters and that are diverse. She was only invented like. 10 years ago maybe yeah i think even earlier than that she's she's oh it's more recent that than that character. yeah five years maybe it won uh, um i guess the uh the comic has appeared has won it's been on several top 10 lists and it won a hugo award for best graphic story in 2015 that's cool wow yeah yeah i, I, I think that's when she was invented was 2015 it was a miniseries came out miss marvel Nice. Yeah, it's a great story. It's one of my one of the first ever trades I bought for my girlfriend was was that. So uh, romantic. I know. <laughs> uh, well, she wanted. She was like, "Oh, I want to read comics," and I was like, "Here, read this because I know you'll love it." Um, a trade that I did not buy her is Moon Knight, uh, because he doesn't have any good trades except for like one, uh, and it's really dark and really messed up. <laughs> um. So we got some teasers. We got uh, a teaser for Moon Knight, another little 30-second thing. Yeah. Um, did you see that one, Ro? I did. What did you think of, of the Moon Knight teaser? Um, too short. I think, you know, there was only that one shot of uh, of our pal Isaac. Yeah. Oscar. Oscar. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I, I again, I'm not too familiar with. Uh, I remember him crossing over to uh, in several titles that I that I read, um, but I wasn't. I don't remember a lot of the character. Yeah, um, Moon Knight is a really interesting character. He's often called Marvel's Batman, but I don't think that's fair. Uh, I, I see where you're coming from. He he is a rich guy 
who has technology and fights crime is like a dark vigilante, but he's, he's a lot more mystical uh, than Batman. He's a pretty confusing character to describe. Um, well, that's, that's how I would describe the trailer, to be honest. Like I, yeah. I like the look of the, of the costume. Um, I I'm, I really like Oscar Isaac, but this is a really big departure from his normal roles. And of course it's going to be hard for anybody to portray. And I, but I think that the trailer in an attempt to kind of introduce you to the character and the, the mental instability just ended up making a confusing trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, to me, it, it just seemed like a series of shots strung together, and I couldn't follow what was going on. Yeah, it was definitely, it seemed to me like they made a Miss Marvel teaser, and they made a She-Hulk teaser, and then they were like, oh crap, wait, we need one for Moon Knight too." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was very confusing. A lot of just strung together shots. I, I don't like the look of the suit, personally. We, we had some leaks a few months ago, and I just didn't think it looked great. And same thing here. Now, in the show, in action, it might look awesome. Yeah. I'm going to reserve judgment. But in the comics, he's always a lot more clean and and slick looking mm. than this like sort of like tattered rags look they got going on here. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of looks like it's very mummy inspired. I kind of got the the the, the vibe from because you know Egypt. Um, that's what I think they were going for at least. Maybe I'm yeah. crazy for thinking yeah. that. Yeah, no, you're. I think you're right because uh, he does have some connections in the Sudan. Um, um, like that. When when he was a mercenary, uh, Mark Spector, he was a Marine operative. Yeah, comes a mercenary. Got stranded um, in the desert. Yeah, so I can kind of see the uh, the mummy inspiration for sure. Yeah, and the god that he worships um, is it, I think it's Khonshu. The moon yeah. god, uh, it, it is an Egyptian god, I believe. Um, and that's where he, he meets Khonshu, is whenever he's stranded in the desert. And that's where he gets his powers, his his moon powers, which are very vague. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his moon powers. His moon, he's strong and like, you know, he just enhances. Yeah. He, he doesn't really, it's not like he like shoots moon blast or whatever. Um, but yeah, he, he's he is a cool character. I hope this show does do him justice. I really and I forget—is this a series or a movie? Series. This is a series. This oh, is a Disney Plus series. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, this... they're still saying Marvel and Lucasfilm are at least at this point still maintaining that they won't do movies on for streaming. That they intend to still make movies only for the big screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that holds up. I think at some point that changes, but. I know for the big budget movies, I think they've already shown like, you know, I think the last year, year and a half has shown that you can't make the money back on the big, on the big budget movies on streaming. But it's, uh, I do think we may see some lower budget stuff eventually, but yeah, as far as all this right now, it's all series. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I kind of prefer that with these stories because it gives the uh, the stories uh, some time to flesh out and to kind of, you know, not seem so rushed. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously, as as far as uh, you know, if they tell the stories right and true to the, I guess it doesn't have to be true to the original. You know, they obviously they have the ability to kind of change things up a little bit based on on what needs to change. But um, I really like the the model of streaming with with these, especially because you know, ninety minute two hour movie, it's one and done. Unless it, you know, goes into a kind of a trilogy situation. But with the series, you know, this is one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a movie can only show you so much, but we've got the ability to kind of let the story breathe um, because it's, you know, uh, multiple episodes. So right. I think I I, I like that uh that aspect of streaming versus movies. Yeah, I do too. And I I like that, you know, I I kind of wonder how long it's going to go right now. You have the, the streaming series and the award, you know, when it comes to award shows competing head to head with things on network TV. And it's like, (laughs) wait, say that again. So when you look, when you have these award shows for, for television, you currently have, streaming service TV series going head to head with things that are on like network television. Right. And the budget differences are enormous. Right. And you kind of wonder how long can they do that? And streaming doesn't kind of become a third category for that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask my TV uh, friends about that. That's, that's an interesting uh, dilemma to have. Um, yeah, because these streaming services keep winning tons of awards at these, but their right. budgets are yeah. ten times bigger. You know, and that, but that's what I like about the streaming services is that you do get the benefit of long, longer format storytelling, which is great for telling more personal stories. Right, and then you, but, let, but you also get the big budget that it it feels like. Yeah, you could put this in the theater and watch it, and it would look fantastic on a on a theater screen too. Yeah, I also. I de- I, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, you know, I also don't want um, that to be an excuse for network television to to be diluted story wise or quality wise. It's like, ah, uh, you know, we're we're just on TV, so that's why we we're not as good as the streaming people. I mean, you yeah. get enough talent behind, uh, you know, someone who's going to either direct, write, show run, or or produce or whatever on on regular network television. And we have had some really great successes on network television. It just depends on, you know, getting the right people for the job, um, especially when it comes to the writing. The writing has to be top notch, and uh, everything else will fall into place. You don't, you know, you don't need the flashy, uh, you know, budget to to make something good. You can still make something good on network television. But yeah, I just, very true. you know, and, and there I are plenty like of good shows. That on. excuse, yeah. right? So, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see just because of the, dis- mostly because of the disparity in budgets, which just leads to, you know, you can do better special effects. You can bring in bigger name directors. You can bring in bigger name actors. You can get people who would have never done TV to do streaming series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be interesting over the next, you know, decade or so to see how that develops and whether whether network television kind of like steps up to the plate and decides to really try to compete or if they kind of 
evolve two separate directions. I almost hope they don't. I, I almost hope this pushes network television to step up in quality. Oh, same. Yeah. So, you know, because like I said, I just don't want them to say, eh, you know, we're network television. We're just, you know, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I we want quality content on all platforms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely more of a fan of, uh, typically more of a fan of TV shows than movies. I do love movies. I love when characters that I love get to be in big movies and get that big widespread attention. But the characters they've chosen for these shows, I think, are good characters for streaming services like Moon Knight. I mean, before the whole Netflix thing fell 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 out uh, between uh, Marvel and Netflix, Moon Knight was the one that everybody was saying was going to be the next one. It was the big rumored one because right. it fit perfectly with like, the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones uh, aesthetic and, and feel. And if this show feels like Daredevil or like any of those Netflix shows, then I, t- it'll be a success for me. Um, you know, he is, he does do that, like vigilante fighting close combat, um, style. And I want to see some brutal, awesome fight scenes. Uh, I want to see cool stuff like that, make it really dark and, and interesting. I mean, he's a dark and moody, interesting character. Uh, he does have multiple personality disorder, which gets very dark when they, when they deal with that, uh, with that mental illness. It can also cause for some really fun, strange, and interesting things to happen. Like when he starts wearing a suit and calling himself Mr. Knight. Uh, I doubt we're getting Mr. Knight in this show. <laughs> but maybe maybe one day. That was a very popular run of his. Uh, but yeah, Moon Knight, they've been talking about it for years because of the, the Netflix shows. And I am pretty excited to see what they're going to do with it. Uh, I think that it has the most potential to be the coolest show like my favorite because of what where they can go with it yeah but based on these teasers i don't think it is going to be the best show i think it does have the most potential though in my opinion based on what i've read yeah i tweeted earlier in the week uh they just don't cut trailers like they used to it's uh even and we'll get to it but even the spider-man trailer was like "Mm, eh, mm." yeah the spider-man trailer i'm gonna have a lot to say about that but uh (laughs) before then we got this last teaser for the upcoming disney plus shows we got the she-hulk teaser which in my opinion was uh the best one i mean i think it was uh i think that it got the win just because the look of the character from what we saw looks right Uh, the cgi (laughs) looks well you know you know what i mean you know they could have gone for the very new she hulk look from the comics and yeah they didn't um the um you know the the cgi looks up there you know they've got you know having hulk you know we had heard rumors that we weren't gonna see any version of the hulk in this yeah I, that was surprising, actually, because, you know, at the end of Shang-Chi, the Shang-Chi post-credit scene, we see Bruce Banner just as Bruce Banner again right. with his arm in a sling. But in this, he's Hulk and his arm looks fine. Yeah. So I wonder what's going on there. I wonder if this is maybe that that scene takes place before um, Endgame. Uh, perhaps, you know, there was that big time skip. And yeah. it looks like this is not even much of an origin story. Like, just based on the teaser, it's like, I am She-Hulk. 
and, and so I have no idea what they're going to do with this show yeah. in, in that respect. Well, and we, we ended the trailer. I mean, it's really short. It's not even really fair to call it a trailer. But no, it's, it's a teaser. It's uh, And we ended on a fourth wall break, which, you know, a lot of and people. It's an, and it's an interesting one, too. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you want to, int- uh, cause I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, wait a minute, that is very familiar. The, it even has that seventies TV look. Yep. It's, it's, it's in the, I wonder, it's, it's almost like she's playing, um, they're doing a commercial for her law firm maybe. And then she puts out that line that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, Bill Bixby did in the seventies show. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What, what was the line? Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm uh, right, right, and the kind of looks, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot to unpack with that, of course. You know, that's what Hulk says, uh, and then it's cool that she's saying that. But then also, uh, if you don't know, in the comics, she has a long history of breaking the fourth wall. She actually did it long before Deadpool was even invented. She was oh, the original nice. Marvel fourth wall breaker. Um, Very nice. It, I don't know. I don't think she's really done that in a while. I don't think I haven't read any new She-Hulk comics though in the past like few years, uh, but that is a very um, classic part of her character. So and- let me ask you. Let me ask you this this real fast uh, because as you're saying this, I'm looking at the shot. I'm hearing what you're saying about the um, you know the people that are doing these shows. They just go back to the to the to the source material. They 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 honor it. Um, where it, it just sometimes I feel like you know Star Wars has a lot to learn from the MCU. So like, yeah. what the hell's going on over there? Right. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah. I think, and and what I see, and just kind of what I see from the people behind the scenes. Now you do have a few people over at Lucasfilm, like John Favreau, Dave Filoni. Um, uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Uh, Carnes that's working on her last name is Carnes. That's right. Uh, co-writing Taika Waititi's film, oh. uh, who wrote 1917. Oh, what the hell's her name? Um, I can't think of it, but it's, um, you know, you hear them talk and they talk about, you know, honoring every, you know, what has come before and right. honoring the fans and honoring the characters but then you see the bulk of the people over at Lucasfilm and, you know, I'll mention the story group kind of being the biggest offenders on this consistently is that they don't really like, it's like there's something, they have something against what has come before. It does seem like that. And her name is Christy Wilson Cairns, Carnes, whatever. Yeah. I just looked her up. Yeah. Um, and you know, all I'm familiar with of hers is 1917, which is a absolutely brilliant film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I was really excited. I was, when they first announced Tyke, I was a little nervous. Cause I mean, Tyke can make a good movie. Like he's a really good director, but he's also a little bit of a loose cannon and you kind of go, <laughs> what? I don't know about this. This could get real. This could be a solo situation all over again. Absolutely. That's why I'm afraid. But then they brought her in to to co-write the script, and that gave me a little more, made me a little more comfortable with it. But yeah. uh, you know, it's still it's still a who knows what will happen. But mm-hmm. um, I think somebody there to kind of balance him out may be a good thing. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, she did. Uh, 
She was a staff writer for Penny Dreadful, uh, screenplay written by Last Night in Soho. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize she had done that one. I mean, Edgar Wright's one of my all-time favorite directors, so yeah, it'll be. Uh, I'm still waiting to go see that one, but I've heard really good cool. things about it. But um, yeah, the the disconnect over there, and then you've got people at Marvel, and they've got a similar wealth of history. I mean, they have a deeper history, but you know, you hear people at. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy just flat said, you know, we just. We've got to, we have to create material. We don't, you know, kind of, I don't remember her specific quote, but basically acted like they didn't have there material. There was no to source work. material for yeah. Star Wars. And it's like, <laughs> there's 20, 30 years of, you know, source material. There's lots of it and a lot of really good source material. And that's the, yeah, I mean, that's I, the benefit of somebody like Dave Filoni. He sees the be- the benefit of all those things right. in Legends and he cherry picks from it as much as he can, it appears. Right. And then you've got somebody like Kathleen Kennedy, who's the creative head going, no, we don't have any source material. So all this has to be created. And I, at Marvel, they re they fix things to fit the MCU or, you know, earth 999,999 as they've dubbed it. And they, they tweak it, but they still really mostly stay very loyal to what makes those characters who they were. Right. Yeah. And and I know a lot of people say, well, I don't want I don't want Lucasfilm to copy the MCU. And I agree. In a lot of ways, I don't want Lucasfilm to do what the MCU does. But you can't ignore, you can't look at the MCU and the juggernaut that it is and not realize that there are valuable lessons to be learned as far as creating this immense franchise from. Yeah. Pretty much any big franchise can learn a lot from the MCU for sure. And I mean, I think both on what they put on screen and in how they go about planning ahead and the behind the scenes production. I mean, you know, Kevin Feige's got to be 10 years ahead on planning. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. They, Kevin Feige planned out like 20 movies and Kathleen Kennedy couldn't plan out three. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, She-Hulk tra- uh, teaser. I, I I just I like the direction it's going. I think she looks great. Um, and I like I love the actress that's playing her. Yeah, same. I, I don't fantastic. think I've seen her in anything else. Um, but if y'all say she's great, then then I'm gonna uh, take that as a good as a great thing. Um, I really like that they are going down the route of. She is green a lot. Like, she is in Hulk mode a lot, it looks like. Like, you see her just kind of stepping out of the car in a dress, and, like, almost like she's on a red carpet, and she's and she's uh, in Hulk mode. I think that's really cool. I like that aspect of Jen Walters a lot. I think she's a great character, and I'm really excited for her to be in the MCU. This is the only character that is that, that they're making shows about right now that I'm like, man, she really needs to be in a movie, though. Yeah. Like she's the one that I if they if if you would have asked me three years ago if they were make if they were gonna make a She Hulk thing what would it be I would have guessed the movie. She's a pretty prominent uh, female character and like she's second to Black Widow and Captain Marvel. She's up there. Like those are the top three like 
female characters in in the Marvel universe. Yeah. So I so I really that, hope she's in like Avengers. And I think she will be. I think that this I think the TV one is both going to be a proving ground for the characters. I, yeah. This is the this is the the feeling I'm getting from what they're doing is this is kind of a proving ground to get a reaction to the character. Yeah. And it's a it's an opportunity to tell a more personal story with the character instead of having to do that when you instead of trying to have to introduce the character when you do a movie now you have a a character with 8 to 10 episodes of backstory that you can just plug into the next avengers yep. film i mean we know that miss marvel is going to be in a movie right. so there's that and and that's a good thing i'm sure kate bishop is going to show up in in a movie um I don't know about Moon Knight just because I don't know I don't know where he fits. He's kind of like Blade, where it's like I can't imagine him showing up in an Avengers movie. But it is Oscar Isaac, who is a big deal actor. So it's like uh, they've got to do a movie with Moon Knight eventually, um, probably I, I would guess. Uh, I wonder why they aren't doing a Blade show. I think it's interesting. I've, I've been thinking about this. We've talked about this before about how Blade is going to be interesting of, are they going to do an R-rated Blade movie, or are they going to keep a PG-13 because it's MCU? And the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards, I think they're actually going to go closer to R. They might not, it might not be an R-rated movie, but I think it will be a more hardcore movie with some blood and things like that. Yeah. Because they didn't put it as a Disney Plus show. Does that make mm. sense? Like, the fact it that does. they chose to make that one a movie almost makes me think like okay they didn't make it a disney plus show because it's going to be a really violent thing and you don't want a disney plus original to be super violent eventually blade will probably end up on disney plus because it is an mcu movie but there's i could i can imagine the thought process that disney has being like we don't want to have an original disney plus streaming show and it's super violent yeah and blade's going to be very violent it's funny, though, because I don't know why they're shying away from that. And I know it's the Disney brand, but come on, man. It's 2021. Yeah. I mean, like, what are I, you going to do? Just not have a Deadpool thing? He's, like, one of the most popular characters in the world. You're just not yeah. going to do a Deadpool thing? Right. Uh, but, I, you know, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I know there's a push for, um, for, for moving towards more R-rated material on Disney+. Plus. Which I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I know that in initially, the intention was for that to be what Hulu is. Yeah, is where that stuff goes. That I mean, we don't want to forget that Hulu is also Disney at this point, right. and that's kind of what they intended for Hulu to be. And so it kind of makes me wonder if the real push behind the scenes is not to scrap Hulu altogether and go to one streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Disney likes the idea of all their stuff being in, in one place, especially when you're talking about MCU. Like, I think they like the idea that you can click on Disney plus and you can click the MCU tab and you just have everything. Right. The only, the only thing about getting rid of Hulu is that wouldn't you be getting rid of another revenue stream? I mean, there are some people that are paying for Hulu that may not be paying for Disney and vice versa. That's, and there's that's a lot of stuff true. still on Hulu that has nothing to do with Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, the reason that the I don't think they'll go that route per se is that 
you know, they're they're doing pretty well with their live TV on Hulu currently. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they do decide to do R-rated content on Disney Plus. But you're right. I mean, Grey's Anatomy on Disney. Plus. You know, we're going to start hearing stuff about Blade soon. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. do think that it will either, it, it might not be R, it might be PG 13th, but I mean, you, I don't think people realize how much violence you can have in a PG 13th film. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 these are conversations that I'm sure went on at Disney years ago already. Like they've already got this stuff thought out. Just a lot of, lot to think about i really have no idea what what exactly they're gonna do but i am excited to see it i'm just happy we're getting a blade at the end of the day i'm just happy we're getting a blade movie and we're getting a moon knight show it's just really cool to get these things regardless yep. if if there's not a whole lot of blood i'll live it'll be okay <laughs> um but yeah so those are the three teasers we got for the live action upcoming disney plus shows of course there are more that they've announced like secret invasion and iron heart and armor wars uh only thing we got was we got a little um we got a a, a picture of nick fury from secret invasion yeah where he has a beard and no eye patch he looks nick fury was already a grizzled old veteran <laughs> now he's even more grizzled and more old and more of a veteran um so that's pretty cool and then we also got an announcement for one more live action disney plus show this felt a little bit out of place because it was the only announcement for a new live action show, um, which is kind of weird. But we're getting an Echo TV show on Disney Plus, which is going to spin off from Hawkeye. Echo is going to appear in Hawkeye, which super interesting. I I would not have expected this, but I think it is a cool idea and it is going to be cool to see. Um, one of my favorite. This is this is going to seem off topic but it's not i promise one of my favorite aspects of the walking dead for the past few seasons is they've had a deaf character which by the way echo is deaf they've had a deaf character and it's super cool how they do her scenes where we get stuff from her perspective where it's deaf and we see how she like adapts and and survives in this zombie apocalypse world i would love to see that in Marvel with yeah. this Echo character. Now she's a character that comes out of Daredevil comics, correct? So she originally appeared um, as I believe this was her. I don't think she existed before this. She was actually the first Ronin, okay. uh, which is the character that Hawkeye was in Endgame. Right. Uh, so it's a fun, funny story. Uh, Mike, Brian Michael Bendis is writing New Avengers, and there's this mysterious character named Ronan that shows up, and he's a ninja. And it's like, ooh, who's Ronan? And everybody on the internet immediately guessed that it was Daredevil. We all knew it was Daredevil, and it's like, you know how everyone guessed that in Lost, it was they were in Purgatory, so then J.J. Abrams got mad and right. switched it up? That's what happened here. So they got mad that everyone guessed it was Daredevil. They said, uh-huh. Well, you know what? Actually, it's a, it's a girl, and she's in a bodysuit. Because it was drawn like a man. So it's like, no, she's wearing a bodysuit. And it's this character, Echo. Uh, so she was actually the first Ronin. And she came out of that book and then ba pretty much basically became a Daredevil character. Um, she kind of is kind of – she's kind of just like a street-level Marvel character. 
But if you had to put her in the category of a bigger character, I guess I would call her a Daredevil supporting character. Yeah. But she has also appeared is... in Hawkeye stuff, so. Yeah. Do you guys think this is uh, Disney's, w- Disney's way of bringing in uh, characters from Daredevil, the Netflix series? I think potentially. I think that this is the window into that world, and I'm still not totally convinced that we're not going to get a little bit of a look at Daredevil here before he probably shows up in Spider-Man. You mean in, in Hawkeye? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance that we see him in in Hawkeye yeah. before we see him in Spider-Man. In a month. I think there's a chance. I think, I think it's more likely we just see Kingpin. We're definitely seeing Kingpin. Vincent D'Onofrio has already been teasing it on Twitter. Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah, been making, never... he's been reposting the trailers and talking about how much he just loves these Marvel projects. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I think that this is sort of like a, they have been slowly stepping towards like, okay, we're going to bring Daredevil back. And I think after, after no way home, it's only a matter of time before we get, cause he's definitely in no way home. It's only a matter of time before we get an announcement that we're getting another Daredevil show or a Daredevil movie. Um, and, but yeah, Echo, Echo's super cool. She's basically Daredevil, but instead of being blind, she's deaf. Cool. Um, as of, street- um, according to inverse.com, as of two days ago, the, the actual show has not yet started shooting. Oh, okay. So this, this seems like sort of a, a, a new idea. Uh, my guess is that they really liked her in Hawkeye and decided to give her a show. Yeah, because like I said, it's kind of weird. It's the only thing. It was the it's the only new live action show that was announced. Yeah, um, and it's before this Hawkeye show is coming out that apparently she's in. And so I sort of get the feeling that because they even haven't started shooting it yet, I get the feeling that it was very recently they decided that they were going to do an Echo show. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a I think there's a good chance that that you're right that they really liked what they saw. And, and wanted to hang on to the actress and the character. And, uh, you know, it hadn't started shooting yet, but at least with Marvel, I have faith that it will. Yeah. 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 And that can only mean uh, good things for the fans if, uh, if they like what they saw. I want to ask you guys this. You know, we have a lot of uh, stuff that is announced and then dropped or announced and forgotten. Um Obviously, we're talking about Echo that hasn't even started shooting yet, but it's been rumored to to, to be part of of the uh, streaming service lineup here soon. But um, what do you guys think about studios just releasing these tidbits of news? Because when it doesn't happen, we all get pissed off. Um, but I know that they want to create buzz and try to get you know fans excited beforehand. But are they shooting themselves in the foot? Well, the biggest offender of that, I think, is DC. DC has done that a lot over the past like five years or so, ever since they started doing the Justice League stuff, where they announced a ton of stuff, and then like a couple months later, it was canceled. Mm. Uh, I definitely see what you're saying. I don't recall Marvel doing that yet. Maybe they have, and I just kind of forgot. Um but I know that like DC has done that a lot. DC did that with New Gods and the Trench and the Cyborg movie, and they announced the Green Lantern thing that we, I'm pretty sure, got canceled. Um, the Flash movie was canceled like three times. Um, yeah, DC is the biggest offender of that for sure. I think. Hmm. Oh, Justice League Two 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, nope, never mind. Um, yeah, uh, the, the I think they announced a Ben Affleck Batman movie that just then got canceled. Yeah. Uh, no, DC is definitely the biggest offender of like they want to generate buzz, so then they're like, "Hey guys, we're doing this." Yeah, and, and I think then, that's what Lucasfilm no plan. I think that's what Lucasfilm keeps doing too. They just really want to generate some buzz. Um, yeah, but it's, I, I think it's backfiring. Some, it, it is, and it's it's damaging the brand. Yeah, that, uh, that, Patty, that Patty Jenkins thing. Well, not just, I mean, there, yeah, the Patty Jenkins thing. And I mean, that's just one of, a, of quite a few projects that have just vanished. Uh, that was the Rogue Squadron movie, right? Yeah, that was the Rogue right. Squadron movie. Um, so far, most of the series, as far as I'm aware, are still on track to eventually be done. Um, they didn't announce, but I mean, we've had a number, I mean, you know, we had the, the Benioff and Weiss trilogy that, that just dissolved and, you know, whatever you thought about Ryan Johnson, you know, I don't think, you know, I'm starting to get the impression that one ain't happening either. Yeah. I also think there's their strategy of like, everybody gets a trilogy. Like I think that was dumb. I right. think, yeah, I think that was really dumb to make one move, give people a movie. If it works, you make a trilogy. That's the way trilogies used to happen was the first movie had to be good to get to make the second too. But it, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that, I think that doing that is really damaging to the brand. I think some of that is kind of a keeping up with the Joneses thing where Marvel has constant buzz. Because they, yeah. they've built this thing into, it's just a machine. They're just cranking out projects one after the other now. I mean, they're practically printing money. And yeah. I think everyone feels the pressure to try to compete with that buzz coming from, from Marvel. The problem is, is both DC and Lucasfilm, those are the two franchises of any franchises out there those are the two franchises that should be able to compete. And, and but neither they just one can't of them get their crap together behind the scenes. Right. And that's I, the thing. At the end of the day, you can make a great movie. I think that DC has made some great movies, Oh uh, yeah. but you can't make a franchise out of those great movies unless you have your crap together behind the scenes and you have a foundation uh, to build upon, uh, they're building on pillars of sand while Marvel's building on pillars of stone. And it doesn't matter how great. There are people who say that the DC movies are overall like they DC has made better movies than Marvel. Um, people have said, you know, like people really like the Aquaman and and Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman, in a lot of people's opinion, is a better movie than most Marvel movies. But it doesn't matter when. They got no foundation to build upon when they make that great movie. And it all just kind of falls apart. Uh, Fox had the same problem, I think. Fo- I mean, Fox, in my opinion, the best X-Men movies are better than most Marvel movies. But everything was so falling apart behind the scenes. Well, it was falling apart behind the scenes, and then the movie started becoming disjointed. Exactly, because behind the scenes, they had no... Nobody, no Kevin Feige there telling them, like, keeping it all in check and keeping it in order. Right. And so everything just fell apart. So it didn't matter how good the movies were. Well, that's Logan the thing. Logan is, is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Right. Well, let's don't but, forget. I mean, X-Men, 
launched. It was it was huge. It's you know that that first run of the X Men movies. Even though you kind of look back, I mean they're a little dated, but they were some of the earlier big blockbuster superhero films. And don't forget that was Kevin Feige. That's true. I forget that he produced Kevin Feige did a lot of stuff. I mean, but also to be fair, he also did produce those crappy Fantastic Four movies. He did. So he did. You know, he's not perfect, but he he's he's is better than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, he's he's managed to do what I don't think people really thought was possible to have a a franchise this deep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, bro, I think you're definitely right that it just shoots themselves in the foot because they're worried about getting this constant buzz. And what they don't realize is like, just get your crap together, know what you're doing, start making good stuff, and the buzz will come when you're that big of a... The buzz for a really, really good uh, Superman movie or whatever will come. Yeah. If you're making a good Superman movie. Uh, yeah. Same with Batman and the same with, with star Wars. If you know, just having a star Wars yeah. movie in production, like actually shooting can drive yeah. buzz for three years. I mean, I've got stacks and stacks and stacks of star Wars insiders from back in the prequel days that absolutely prove that all you have to have is something in production, star Wars yeah. and people go nuts for however long it takes you to make it. You know what would get the most buzz? People knowing that something is actually happening and coming. They need something filming. The bottom yeah. line is, is that would be one of the best things that Lucasfilm could do for the brand right now is to is to get one of these things shooting. Yeah. But instead, they keep canceling them. And that'll get people excited. Also, um, if you want to generate buzz, don't announce things like New Gods and the Trench. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you're worried about. Right. Yeah. The trench thing was a, that was a whole different kind of disaster because not only did they announce it, that's not really even what it was. <laughs> no, it was a black man. <laughs> it was like they announced it and everybody collectively groaned and said, really, that's what you're making. And then when they canceled it, it turned out that it had nothing to do with the trench. That's one of the funniest freaking articles I ever read. Yeah. It was when it was like, oh, by the way. Oh, great. Thanks. Um, anyway, yeah. So Marvel's great. That's the point of this whole podcast is Marvel is awesome. And we wish other people <laughs> were awesome. Yeah, the thing is, is in Marvel <laughs> is not without their their hiccups and, and problems. I mean, you no, know, and, and they haven't had a perfect reputation on the production end you know don't forget about edgar wright that's true you're, and now now right. it you know as it turns out that edgar wright's probably just not a guy that should be making franchise films and he has said that mm -hmm. i mean he said that because everybody was like edgar wright should make a star wars movie and don't get me wrong i would love to see what somebody like edgar wright who's a huge star wars nut would do with star wars but he's i mean he's been real forward with saying look i I'm not the, you know, I'm real picky about what I make. I only make a movie every few years and I, I make it for me. And you know, that's unfortunately, that's not the way these franchises work. Yeah. Is, um, is he's the kind of guy that wants full control when he goes to make a movie. 
Yeah, um, for sure. And that just doesn't vibe with Marvel. But I mean, Marvel has proven they will they will allow filmmakers to make films that feel like theirs. But Edgar Wright is too out there. Yeah. Uh, for for this franchise thing, I think if Edgar Wright came back and tried to make one now, it would go a lot better. Yeah, I think it might actually work out. And I would love to see him come back and do one. I just don't know if it'll ever happen. Me too. Like how? Like I I have a good feeling this Sam Raimi Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is going to feel like a Sam Raimi movie. Oh, um, you don't bring Sam. I mean, that's the thing. You don't bring Sam yeah. Raimi in unless you want a movie that feels like a Sam Raimi movie. Right. Exactly. And I love, uh, I absolutely love, and we're going to get to this in a minute. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Spider-Man trailer, right. when Doc Ock is on screen, there's so many things that feel like a Sam Raimi movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's so exciting. Um, but we'll get there in a minute. First, we got just a few more things to get through here. Um, first, this is the one there's, there's three really, really, really cool animated shows that were announced, but then there was one that I'm like, oh, okay. That I'll go ahead and get out the way. We're getting an a, an I Am Groot show, oh, which is yeah. about Baby Groot, and nice. I think this one is just for the kiddos. The kiddos need something to to enjoy too. Yeah, I, I've heard it um, that that it's an it's a lot like that Olaf show from Frozen, mm-hmm. where it's just some vignettes and it's it's Baby Groot being funny. Very okay. nice. I'm sure my little sisters will love it. Good for them. That's great. Baby Groot. That's cool. Good for them. Uh, but probably the coolest thing. This is that I never expected this at all. I I would not have had a... If you gave me a million guesses, I wouldn't have guessed this is what was going to come out of Disney Plus Day. But we are getting... I just want to breathe in because this is so cool. We are getting <laughs> a revival of the 90s X-Men animated Oh, that's show. right. How how could you have buried the lead there? I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Called X-Men 97 and it is just a straight up continuation of the continuity of the 90s X-Men show. That's going to be great. And they announced it. Do you know the meme of Wolverine holding a picture? Yep. They announced it with that and it's him holding a picture, and then it, the picture he's holding is just a picture of the of the of the logo for the X Men '90s show. Of like, we missed you. And yeah, like, what? That's so that cool. Is, that is genius marketing. It is genius marketing. It is so freaking cool that they are doing that, and yeah. that, that's fun. That's that's. I think that's the first X Men thing that Disney is doing since they got since they got it back. Yeah, I think so. And and that's a great step. What a great way to build some um, some trust with fans who might have been worried about like, oh, what are they going to do with the X Men? Oh, well, we're taking the like pr- uh, arguably best superhero show ever made, and mm-hmm. we're reviving it. I don't think it is. You know, I, I I'm a big Batman animated series fan, but this is up there. Yeah, this definitely. Do you guys feel that, you know, how Disney, I'm sorry, uh, DC had that fan uh, experience a couple of uh, months ago, and they yeah. they went and they did their streaming, like, all day long, basically. I think uh, I think Disney missed an opportunity to, to engage the fans that way, and I don't know why. Yeah, I know, I see what you're saying. I did like some of how, like, they have, like, The Rock and stuff like that doing the streaming and, and announcing black Adam, but then they also had Ezra Miller mess ups. So it wasn't perfect, but <laughs> I do see what you're saying. 
It just seemed a- like a, a lost opportunity to, you know, really connect with the fans and announce them and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, it did kind of feel um, like, oh, Marisha's here now. Hey, everybody. Hey, Marisha. Hey, how you doing? We're all incognito because we're all in pajamas, so. Okay, well. <laughs> I don't want to risk my internet exploding by turning off the camera. <laughs> I can see that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the X-Men animated show revival that was announced. Oh, yes. I did hear about that. This is very exciting news. Yes, it's going to be very awesome. Uh, so you can just jump on in and just tell us what you think um, about about the rest of the news we, we, we still have to talk about. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to go back through the other stuff because we are already an hour and 15 minutes into this. <laughs> um, Alas, I went to dinner. I had uh, to, so here I am. Uh, <laughs> right. Very selfish of you. I know. I know. I'm just the worst. Um, but yeah, Andrew thoughts on the, uh, the X-Men, uh, 97. Oh, I'm uh, really show. excited about it. I mean, as far as animated series, I mean, that was, you know, that and, and Batman, the animated series, I mean, that's the two I'm familiar with. And My personal favorite is Spider-Man, the animated series, and now I'm just holding out hope for that one. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. they ended that show on a cliffhanger that was which never one? resolved. Which, which version? Which, which the one? 90s, the 90s Spider-Man. One, the, him solo or Spider-Man and, the amaz- and his amazing friends? No, him solo. Okay. Um, it, it, was, it was from the 90s. It actually crossed over with the X-Men 90s show sometimes. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, Cause I'm about to say like, it's the one with Spider-Man. Like that's, but it, it's, it's, it's my favorite thing in the world. It's not great. Uh, they use some, it, they, they, it was some pretty cheap animation sometimes where they just reuse a lot of stuff. And also they couldn't have guns. So like everybody had laser pistols and he couldn't <laughs> punch people because it was too violent. So he just kicked people all the time. It was very weird, but I love that show. Um, nice. so now I'm holding out hope for that. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, Andrew. Continue. Oh no, I'm just I'm excited for it. I'm I hope they I hope they do it justice. And I mean, I, it's one of the you know it, we haven't done a Mount Rushmore in a while. But if you were if you were talking Mount Rushmore of animated comic book series, like you have to talk about that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, this reminds me, I remember a few years ago at the last Comic-Con we were able to go to right before COVID started, I went to a panel that just had all the cast of the 90s X-Men people there. Everybody was there. And all of them said, like, yeah. Because one of the questions that was asked is, like, would you continue to voice the characters? Which the guy who did Wolverine voiced Wolverine for years and everything and video games and everything. Um and they're like, would you continue to do it? And all of them said, yes, we would absolutely love to come back. And they are all coming back for this. Nice. It, it, is, it is the original voice cast. Um, so I wonder if that was back in, what was that, 2019? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, th- I know Disney had already bought Fox at that point. I wonder if part, if, if part of them knew. Maybe there had been talks, probably not, probably too long ago, but I think it'd be really cool. In my heart, I'm going to believe that they had already talked about it and I was sitting at that panel and they knew, but, sure. um, yeah, so sure. we might not get Spider-Man nineties animated revival, but we are getting a spy an animated Spider-Man show. 
on Disney Plus that is taking place in the MCU continuity called Spider-Man Freshman Year. And it's going to follow Spider-Man's origin in the MCU. And it is animated, and it looks like they're kind of going with the style of what the original comics looked like. There were a couple pictures that came out, and Peter Parker, it looks like he's being drawn in this animated show like he was drawn in the original Ditko Stanley comic books. Oh, wow. And that's the art style they're going for. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that one's going to be interesting, especially since they've decided to include it in the continuity because, you know, one of the regular complaints is, and it's, I don't know, it's one of those things that before, when they announced that they were doing Spider-Man again, everybody went, oh God, do we really need another Spider-Man origin story already? But, 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 but. But I, 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 you know, I've complained to you about this uh, on several occasions. The uh, the the fact that the MCU has no mention of uh, of Uncle Ben yep. and and the uh, story behind his uh, motivation. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of kind of sucks. No, I do too, and I think that's kind of this thing where you know everybody was screaming about how they didn't want an origin story again already, and so they didn't give us one <laughs> and it's, and it does, it sucks that we don't have a lot of that stuff. And, and we didn't need like an, another origin story from the beginning, but just at least maybe, um, I don't know, some explanation, some exposition about just how, say what... the words <laughs> with great Uncle power ben. comes great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we never, just we never got uncle Ben. We, we never got, you know, any of the, the big moments. We also have never gotten to see, and I know this is one of David's things is we never got to see him just be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. We got a little bit of that in homecoming. Um, but then again, it then was just kind of, I feel like the suit ruined it where it's like, Oh, it's just an Iron Man suit. Right. And that's one of the other things that I don't dig is having Spider-Man with all this Stark tech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so, I do yeah, think you're, you're going to get your, your wish on this next movie then, because it looks like things are going to go wrong with some of that Stark tech. Good. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with them having some tech. I was, I was okay with the way the suit worked in Civil War. And even mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, here, you can get some different webbing combinations. Like, the, the web shooters can do things yeah. like impact webs. Like, I think that's cool. Then having it to where he's like just literally Iron Man, and there's yeah. like this instant kill mode that he's in. There's this AI talking to him. It was just too much, right? Um, which is why I think the best part of that movie, Homecoming, is whenever he gets taken away and he has to wear his pajamas and go out and, and fight Vulture. That's super cool. I, I actually love that movie. Um, so yeah, no, you're definitely right, Andrew. Is that I, I want to see Spider-Man being Spider-Man, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, without any help, really. Yeah. Well, the other really that, interesting thing here is this is Spider-Man on Disney Plus. Right. Because those movies yeah. aren't on Disney Plus. No, yeah. but I, I believe I read into this, especially whenever he showed up in What If. I was like, so how does this work? What's going on here? And it's it looks like. Sony owns the movie rights and the live action rights, but they technically don't own 
the animated rights to the really? character. That Disney, which actually that makes sense because they've been making Disney animated shows about him for years, right? Even though he's been owned by Sony for years, so I guess that does actually make sense. Um, but then it was like it gets a little dicey because it's like this is a version of the character that Sony owns, but I guess through probably millions of dollars spent on lawyers, they figured out that they can do something like this, and I'm sure Sony approved it and is okay with it, but. Technically, Disney does own the animated rights to the character. I guess it just gets dicey when they start using literally Tom Holland's version of the character. Yeah. Which, I don't think they announced if Tom Holland is voicing this or not. Um, if not, just get the guy who did him and what if. We I mean, got a yeah. little... Uh, oh, sorry, Marcia, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's not like there aren't talented voice actors out there who could pull it off, but... Continuity wise, you know, you gotta you gotta hope for the this the actor. Yeah. But like I said, you can just get the guy who did him and what if if you, if you need to. Because uh, I think he did a pretty good job in that episode. Yeah. There's a little bit of uh, breaking news from earlier this morning, and I know this this topic could probably go into another hour and 22 minutes, but it uh, <laughs> looks like uh, Dark Horse Comics is getting back into the Star Wars comic uh, realm. I saw that. Oh, that is a Coruscant Radio Underground topic. Yeah. That's All right, one. I'll be back for that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'll we'll get mean, you back I for that one, because I, I definitely... I hope that didn't come off as rude. Uh, <laughs> But I meant that as like, yeah, <laughs> no, I, you're right. Yeah. That is a, another hour and a half because holy crap, those Dark Horse yeah, uh, love, Star I Wars comics, those. excellent. Yep. Um, yeah. So one more. What, do you guys have any thoughts, more thoughts on Spider-Man freshman year? No. I'm excited to see it. I'm just excited they didn't uh, include home in the title somehow. <laughs> right. Well, I yeah, think I think we I think this is the end. I think this is likely the end of that trope with this next movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, before we get into the big Spider-Man No Way Home uh trailer, we have one more piece of news. This is something that I'm sure once Andrew and Marisha read about this, they knew that I would be beyond excited about it. We are getting a Marvel Zombies animated show spinning oh, off right. from yeah. what if. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I expected that there would just be a Marvel Zombies 2 and What If Season 2, but no, we were getting a whole animated show, Marvel Zombies. You got your wish. Yes, which when we were talking about this, that's what I was like, man, I really just hope we get more Marvel Zombies. And yes, yes, I want to see my beloved characters tearing each other apart viciously. (laughs) Yes. Um, One of my favorite reviews of Marvel Zombies ever was when a guy said, uh, if you like he said, "If you hate superheroes, you'll love this book," <laughs> um, which I don't. I think is a little too nihilistic. Uh, but yeah, Marvel Zombies. It's gonna apparently it's gonna pick up right where that episode left off of them going to Wakanda and trying to save the world. There's a lot of cool directions they can go with this, and I'm just really, really excited about it. I think it's gonna be so cool. I love Marvel Zombies. Yeah, that's very fun, and I think it's gonna be. You know, they've, they've got to sort of balance out their content a little bit because they've definitely gone a lot of things toward, uh, you know, young children, you know, like under 10. 
And I think they want to make sure that they continue putting out new content for your teenagers and your adults as well. And not that kids can't watch it, but kind of not everything doesn't have to be aimed at seven-year-olds. And I think yeah. this is kind of an example of that. Yeah, I'm yeah just, like we're getting I Am Groot, and then we're also getting Marvel Zombies. Right, and I'm right. glad to see. I, I think the biggest news here is just that I think the success of What If has really blown the doors open to explore these things that don't have to fit in the MCU proper. Yep. Yeah, it's setting a precedent for if you have a really good episode of What If, maybe you can get a show. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, there are a couple of episodes of What If that, you know, that that version of Doctor Strange could be an interesting show. and Peggy the, Carter. Peggy Carter. Yeah, Captain Carter. I would imagine that that's the an next awesome one. one. Yeah, I think that's probably, I think it's fairly likely that we'll get a, a Captain Carter animated show at this point. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, it seems like it. I do, too. But yeah, that is all of the big Disney Plus Day news. We finally got through it all. There's still one more monster thing to talk about before we wrap up the show here, and that is the trailer, the much-anticipated trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. So, Holy crap. Right (laughs) off the bat, I want to ask... Did y'all think that Toby and Andrew were going to be in this trailer? No. I was hoping no, because that pretty much would ruin everything. And one thing that I really hate and is annoying to me is seeing the trailer and realizing, well, I don't have to see the movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with you. Marisha, did you did you expect them to be in the trailer? No, I would have been shocked if they had been. Yeah, I agree. I even if- if we, we expect that to happen, I'm a little surprised they showed as many people as they did. Yeah. Yeah, it it is absolutely bonkers. The thing um, is, as far as trailers go, Marvel is still still does a pretty decent job of not showing you too much. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah. that Eternals, people were saying, oh, they showed too much in that last Eternals trailer. And I tell if you haven't seen it, I promise you they didn't show too much. Right. Uh, they showed stuff from the first five minutes. Nice, nice. Um, and and so my thing with Marvel is always if they were willing to show us that, then mm-hmm. what is that? What are they not showing us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, think there's though- villains we don't know about yet. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that Andrew and Toby, or at least one of them, is in it at this point. Um, but with them choosing to have parallels to the Andrew Garfield um, Spider-Man with with MJ falling, and um, lizard, I think yeah. lizard lizards in the shot, lizards in the shot, yep. Electro's in the shot. Um, I think they're both in it. I think yeah, I think you can actually see where they're cut out frankly, in a couple of those yeah. scenes. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think this trailer showed a lot, but I still have a lot of questions. And mm-hmm. there's still a lot, like, th- like there's a there's those cryptic lines where, where Dr. Strange is like, you know what you have to do, Peter, we have to do it. And Peter's like, no, there must be another way. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. I, I don't know what that means 
Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. Scooby, also Scooby Doo. I don't know what the hell that yeah, means. Yeah. Well, either. what are you talking about, Scooby Doo? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking? About? That was an interesting line to put in the trailer because I think it's missing context. Yes. Like Marvel, sometimes the humor in Marvel doesn't land, but not like rarely. <laughs> rarely is it that far off the mark. So I'm assuming there's some context there that we just don't have at all. I, I, right. I think but that the, someone the cutting the trailer thought it was, was funny anyway. So here's my thing about the trailer for the most part, because I'm scrubbing through it right now. And you, you guys know my my hang up for uh, over the top comedy in like sci fi fantasy stuff. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm a fan of marvel's the marvel movies they have a lot of comedy and you know i think nine times out of ten it it fits fairly well i think some of the humor in the trailer here that they selected to to show us um is totally out of place because you've got an actor like alfred molina who is coming back as one of spider-man's most you know by fans favorite um arch nemesis and they're making fun of his name it just kind of threw me off Right. You know, but he is such a powerhouse um, actor. You know, he grabs Spider-Man and he goes, you're not Peter Parker. And I'm like, damn, I want to see the rest of that scene. <laughs> yeah. Right. Then they, you know, awesome. they throw in the Scooby-Doo stuff and the, no, what's really, what's your name? Dr. Otto Octavius. Yeah. It's, it just kind of throws you out of it. And it's like, ah, that's a big problem people have with the MCU in general. And I totally get that. Yeah, I definitely felt that was out of place I, in this trailer. I, I think it's out of place. I think it's an attempt to continue the joke where Spider-Man doesn't know whether to use his fake name or his real name when he's yeah. talking to other heroes. <laughs> uh, like yeah. the oh, whole thing with Doctor Strange. Oh, we're using our made-up names. Right. Mm. Oh, I'm Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that scene was interesting because they're talking to him. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because, you know, as we let Alfred Molina said, this picks up right where it left off, right where his story left off. And at the end of that, he had redeemed himself. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And it looks like they're kind of continuing that where he's now we don't know why he's fighting him when he first meets him. But once he realizes, wait, you're not the Peter Parker, I know, which that's I love that because. At the after the the first trailer, a lot of people were like, "Um, but why do you say hello, Peter? If that doesn't look like Tobey Maguire, this movie sucks." So <laughs> I really like that they did. Like, no, he said hello, Peter, because he saw it was obviously a Spider-Man costume. Right, right. But then he takes the mask off, and he's like, "You're not the Peter Parker I know." Right. No. So what does he going say that on? specifically, or does he say you're not Peter Parker? He <laughs> says you're not Peter Parker. Right. And so I think that's where that's I think that's cool. I, I bet it's like, oh, what's going on here? And he gets kind of curious, and it looks like he's like kind of working with them. Um, and that big final shot where all these villains are going at Spider-Man is Otto Octavius in that shot? He is not. Not that I get it. I'm I getting to it now. I don't believe he's in that shot. I think you've got three. I think you've got Electro, Sandman, and. Uh, yeah. Liz- lizards in there. The lizard. Yeah. So you may have the is the goblin Green in goblin that shot. Probably in there. You know, if the goblin's in that shot, I'm not picturing it in my head. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because that probably means that like by that point, Otto Octavius is just on their side. He's just, you know, good yeah. guy. 
Well, do um, you think we got two different versions of the goblin or a goblin with a costume change? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Because that, that, there was that one shot where it kind of almost looked like... It almost looks like almost Harry. Almost looked like Amazing Spider-Man's. Yeah. Oh, wait. Are you thinking like Harry, like as in Harry from Raimi Trilogy uh-huh. or Harry from Amazing Spider-Man? No, I was thinking Harry from no. Amazing Spider-Man with... That's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. But I did see some people saying like, oh, was that James Franco? Yeah, like, I'm looking the the know. shot the shot where where this character is flying towards the camera cuts out right before it gets really clear. Yeah, they, yeah. they cut and, it out while it's it does blurry. Look like yeah, it does look like Franco. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, I don't. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I think James, that I, I think James Franco did rock the Green Goblin there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, but wasn't he supposed to be, if that line continued, wasn't he supposed to be a uh, hobgoblin? I don't know if they ever gave him a name. They never gave him a name. Basically and, hobgoblin, but they um, never gave him a name. And see, that's the other possibility of p- characters they might not have shown us. Say, we could do hobgoblin here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Frick. It, it's, uh, there's, I, I, I think, because, I don't know, I, they do such a good job of... I know that it's it sort of made for a little bit of a sloppy trailer, but it's like trying to piece together the order. I think the scenes are all out of order in the trailer. Yeah, 100%. And it kind of makes you go, well, you know, the characters are coming through one at a time, but what's happening there at the end at the, or when is that take place at the Statue of Liberty when Dr. Strange is like, yep. I can't stop it. They're all coming through. Yeah. And what's he talking about exactly is that, yeah, I, is it is, is it he is he just talking about like the Spider Man like I don't know and then and it, there's a lot of like questions. Um, there's here's another earlier. Go ahead. I was just gonna say here's another question for you. What what do you guys think of the line where Strange tells him uh, it's inevitable everyone dies fighting Spider Man? Oh yeah, I thought that was super cool how they pointed that out. Yeah, and yeah basically that's it, that like, that's these characters' fate. Right, and so it's like, is that what they're talking about when Doctor Strange says there's no other way, and Peter's like, no, there must be another way, and Doctor Strange is saying like, right. we just have to kill him, yeah. like we just have to kill them. Is that what's that what's going on? I have no idea, but I think it's interesting that they pointed that out because yeah, that's true. Well, Every single one of these characters is dead. Well, it's almost true. It's not Sandman. Oh, that's right. Sandman right. gets blown. Peter away. Peter forgave him and he left. Yeah, and then he blew off into the wind. Yeah, <laughs> so silly. <laughs> um. That's true. Uh, I wonder if they're just going to ignore that. I wonder if just they, they, they just didn't watch that movie. <laughs> they just don't know. Yeah, I think um, we're just absolute for an absolutely wild ride. I mean, I mean, heck, Venom is probably in this. Yeah, Venom's probably in it. Or if he's not in this, he'll be in the end credit scene. Yeah, could be. We are definitely in for a wild Venom ride. For Grace Venom. Oh, what if we get Topher Grace. <laughs> oh my God! No, please! Holy crap! I would love that so much. <laughs> oh my God! I would. That would make me happier than seeing Toby. I mean, it. Like, I want <laughs> that so bad because I love. Okay, the Venom. The Venom is crappy, but Topher Grace's Eddie Brock, I love. I think that's a great character, personally. I understand why people don't, but I freaking love Tover Grace's Eddie Brock, um, where he's just this loser. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that would be awesome if we got Topher Grace Venom. Um, I have a I have a prediction. This final shot where MJ is falling and they show Spider Man's hand reaching and uh, MJ's hand, and then they just cut to black. Mm-hmm. You know who's showing up to save her, right? Yeah, Andrew. I, I will be sh- absolutely shocked if it's not Andrew Garfield. Now the glove they showed is definitely Tom Holland, right? But that doesn't mean anything, right? No, I think totally it could be Andrew Garfield swinging in and, and saving her. Redemption. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, remember, there were rumors that we were going to get Emma Stone and Kristen Dunst in this. So they still might be in it. What about uh, Emma Stone as? Spider-Gwen? Um, Spider-Gwen. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be so freaking cool. furthermore, what about Chris Pine and uh, why we're throwing things out, Jake Johnson as Spider-Man? Whoa! They did them in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen because <laughs> they're already making a Spider-Verse 2. Yeah, I just rewatched Spider-Verse crap. today, actually, and Jake Johnson was the absolute perfect casting for this kind of, like, washed-up, haggard oh. Spider-Man, Peter Parker. I'd love to see him play a live-action version of that character. Yeah. I, but I, I and that's good. what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's absolutely 100% no telling who or oh, what could show get. up in this. Yeah. You guys are forgetting one thing. What's that? Uh, spider ham. <laughs> <laughs> John Mulaney spider ham. <laughs> Live action. So that's what, what I did, wanna see. What did y'all think about the uh the redesigned Statue of Liberty? Oh, let's see. I didn't even notice. It's undergoing construction and the torch, it's all polished again. It's it's not the oxidized oh. green anymore. It's being completely re- restored and the torch has been replaced with Captain America's shield. Whoa. You know what? I thought I saw that. I wasn't too sure. And I'm like, that looks that. it looks like Captain America's shield. They looked that up. Holy crap. Now I've got to look it up to you. Yeah. Which is uh which is I think is a really, really cool tribute to, you know, this world, the blip, you know, after the blip. Cap and you know the the other heroes that you know stood against Thanos's forces, and it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. To it does, except there is still a Captain America. There is, but it's uh, you know, this one that theoretically gave his life protecting yeah. Earth. Well, so did Iron Man. Let's make an Iron Man gauntlet up there. Oh, I guarantee there's. I, I guarantee. I mean, I we've been those. seeing Iron Man stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I know, because it's a it's a it's an Iron Boy Junior movie. So, <laughs> um, we're of course you know we're also pretty close to getting Cap the musical. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, y'all. I want. I want Captain Cap the musical. I want to see that on Disney Plus. Like starring Chris Evans. I don't care. No, I want to see like. The the Broadway like the in universe Broadway musical Captain oh, Music. Yes, I, I like, honest to God, at this point, don't be surprised if that happens. I I I want that, and I also want the full scene of uh, Loki's death between Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth from Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. I want that yeah. full play. 
Mm-hmm. I, I want that play, but I want them to confirm my my theory that Loki actually went to Earth and got Matt Damon to play him in that play. That would be. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, but um, yeah, the Spider Man trailer. I mean, holy crap! Now, I feel like Ro. I feel like you're going to agree with me on this. I kind of wish they would have waited a few movies to do something this crazy with Spider Man. Hmm. You mean kinda, a few more Spider-Man movies? Yeah, like a few more. Like I, I wanted at least one more movie that was just about Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, he's he's been working too much as an ensemble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can uh, I can see that. I agree completely. So except they're somewhat having to play ball with Sony just to make the movies at all. Right, And I think that this is their big pivotal point where all of a sudden the Sony-verse is connected. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's a big deal. This is the linchpin that says that, yes, that suddenly, uh, yes, all these things that Sony's making, they also exist in alternate dimensions. And yeah. I'm still not totally convinced that our Spider-Man doesn't have the reverse of what happened to Venom and the, at the end of that movie happened and that this Spider-Man that Tom Holland Spider-Man doesn't end up in the Sony verse. But the problem there is they already put Venom in this one. That's true. So then if they put, but that just matters put, how the Venom one Tom, pans out in this one. If they put Tom in the Sony verse, then now they're once again in two different universes. But you're right. How's it pan out? I don't know. That's always the open possibility. If Sony ever pulls the plug, they'll just say he transported to a different multiverse. Yeah. Or this is just a different version, almost identical version of Spider-Man. Yeah. But then even in the Sony verse, it's still three. It'll still be three different multiverses within the Sony verse. Mm-hmm. I'm um, looking through this kind of frame by frame, and for some reason, I wanted to look at uh, the license plates on the vehicles that are being thrown at Spidey by Doc Ock. And there is a license plate that on the Nissan that's being thrown thrown at the camera, and it's uh, ASM, which obviously is Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But the numbers, I don't know if there's any correlation. Eight one eight three, and I was hoping, I was hoping to see one one three eight or two one eight seven, but eight one eight three, August first, nineteen eighty three. Hmm. Or am I being too nerdy and reading too much into it? Don't say it, Marisha. Don't say it, Marisha. I know I'm being too nerdy. (laughs) It's pretty nerdy, but <laughs> oh, no there's already there's already lots of articles on this. Really, um, you know that that whoever is doing props on a Marvel movie, they're just like dumping in the Easter eggs by you know. So yeah, I I, I think it's very likely there it was it was intentional. They didn't just pull a random <laughs> license plate number. But that's a very nerdy observation. Uh, so, oh. an Amazing Spider-Man number 80, 
81 and 83 uh, was the first appearance of Spider-Man's villain, the Kangaroo. The Kangaroo? Yep. Oh, dear. <laughs> Is this someone that was bitten by a kangaroo or... Uh, I don't. I, I've never heard of the kangaroo man. I mean, I, I got know. attacked by a bat yesterday, and I didn't get anything. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation, and nobody seems to have any. Amazing Spider-Man 246 released on the first week of August in 1983. The issue that features Peter Parker, Mary Jane, J. Jonah Jameson, and the Black Cat all having bizarre and usual, usually comedic daydreams, and the story is introduced by the Watcher. Okay. Obviously, this means that the movie is a secret bonus episode of What If, and everything <laughs> that happens in it is a dream. Uh huh. That's I mean, interesting. Obviously. I mean, what else could it possibly mean? <laughs> I don't, I got. I got then the, but what I'm reading here is that the. What, oh, wait. Never mind. I'm confused. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, I have no idea. I, I think it might just be a random number at this point, to be honest. I don't think you're super nerdy for reading into it, though, because they have definitely done things like that before. All right, oh, here's absolutely. another Here's another article. Um, John Watts has a history of hiding license plate Easter eggs in movies. Um, yep. this one would refer to has something to do with, uh, with Daredevil. Ooh. Oh yeah. That's another thing. Daredevil's totally in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see that. He's probably in it for like five seconds as a lawyer. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be, Oh, uh, there actually reminds me one thing I wanted to bring up. So after the, the first trailer, a lot of people were saying like, Oh, uh, Doctor Strange wouldn't screw up a spell this badly. That's really out of character, and they've ruined Doctor Strange's character. They've ruined his character. I'll say, yeah, totally. And if if Shanti's listening to this episode, let's all say it together. It's Mephisto. (laughs) It's Mephisto. (laughs) But they, but they, they, people were saying that. But now in this trailer, they explicitly said, "Peter, you screwed up the spell." Right. Which is exactly what I said last time when I was like, oh, hey, it's probably Peter screwed it up. Right. But everyone's like, oh, they ruined Doctor Strange's character. But, yep, they, they <laughs> ruined him. They sure did. You've seen one trailer for this movie and you've determined they have ruined this character. <laughs> but uh, a couple of things, like uh, I know y'all were talking earlier about, you know, not necessarily loving Spider-Man having all of the tech. Like sometimes it's over the top. Um, it yeah. does look like it does look like he potentially loses the um, the Iron Spider, the the, yeah. the the nanotech, and it almost looks like uh, there is a scene where it's I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Doc Ock has taken control of at least a portion of the nanotech, mm-hmm. and you can see it beginning to coat the arms. Yeah, yeah, I saw like that. that. Uh, but the other side there is, what did y'all think about that black suit? Which literally looks duct taped together. That suit, I don't, I don't, uh, eh. 
Well, I mean, the theory it looks it looks cobbled together. It looks like wires on the outside and duct tape. And I'm wondering if it's some sort of makeshift Faraday cage for fighting Electro. Oh, that'd oh, be yeah. interesting. That'd be yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah. So we have talked a whole lot about a whole lot of stuff here tonight. And so before we wrap up, does anybody have any final thoughts on any of the topics we talked about here tonight? Or any final things they want to say. I'm just uh, happy to be a nerd. It's a great time. On on any level, really. (laughs) We're getting a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, things just seem seem to work out for me lately. I'm getting Tobey Maguire back, and and things are going good. I never dreamed in a million years I'd get Tobey Maguire, and here we go. We're totally getting Tobey Maguire back, Spider-Man. I know, that's crazy. But then after this, I hope that we're able to have just a good old. We get to see Tom Holland. I don't know, fight Craven the Hunter or something. Yeah, no, it's going to be um, interesting. I'm there's so much good stuff coming in, not just in Marvel. I mean, there's just a lot of good science fiction and fantasy coming right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the next year, we've got a ton of really really cool stuff coming out. And uh, I keep saying this. It seems like once a year or so I say this, but is. As far as being a nerd, we really are in a golden age. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, So, Ro, why don't you tell us where people can find you on the internet and your podcast? Sure. So, you can find us talking nerd stuff, going deep dive into all things geek on the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Find us at Scarif Podcast on Twitter and all the other socials and uh, everywhere else you get your other favorite uh, shows. And we are part of the Red 5 Network, red5network.com. Check us out. I always forget. We have also have a website, which I haven't uh, <laughs> really uh, tuned up much, but uh, scarefscuttlebutt.com. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, find us, uh, find us all over the place. And Marisha, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans, and I'm P Padawans on Twitter. And I'll let Andrew go last, I'll because he has lots of fun stuff to say. All I have to say is you can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples. Andrew? All right. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at the sciencefictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can find our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at redfivenetwork.com. And guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, review, whatever it is you can do, whatever your preferred podcast platform is. This has been David, Roe, Marisha, and Andrew, the Science Fictionary podcast. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes.